We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome into this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Farm, Neil McCready. We were still talking as the button was being hit there, but it's all it's all good. Uh, Pray to God uh, it was muted. Yeah, I it's, will. We'll, we'll know soon <laughs> enough. Trust me. Um, either way, we will uh, be with you here over the next little bit. We'll talk some uh, some some John Rice Plumley in the slot. We'll talk some Shohei Itani. We'll uh, talk about whatever else is going on here over the. Uh, the next little bit in the sports world, the Major League Baseball All-Star break, the NBA Finals going on, Team USA Basketball losing another game last night to uh, Australia, 91-83 in, uh, in that one. So that and more coming up on the show. The show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Download the Speed Pass Plus app, take advantage of it, earn some points and save some money there with the Oxford Exxon and all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. Here locally, the uh, lunch special, five sixty nine for two sides of bread, 32-ounce drink, and more. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. <laughs> we are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for our buddy Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get the quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop it around. You can do what I've done a lot of times now. What I recommend that you do and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the service. You'll absolutely love the product. And uh, when you deal with Corey, you're going to get a great deal. No hassle, like I said. Just really easy way to make an automotive purchase. Guests will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the uh, water out at Sardis this week. This weekend be a great place to continue to enjoy uh, the summer. Uh, you get frozen margaritas, you get frozen daiquiris, great waterfront views there at uh, Rafters on the Water. And you can also go to Rafters on the Square and um, Rafters in New Albany. In New Albany. Yeah, yes. the word hot mics had me a little scared. Oh, yeah. No, but I, I think we were fine. I think we're fine. Yeah, there was nothing going on in the live stream before we actually started the show, so <laughs> that would have been indicative of. Hot yeah, I mean, mics. we've only had that happen one time, and it was incredibly like an oh, okay, it was incredibly innocuous and like nothing going on. Although, like, I had a couple thoughts that day in my head that had I said them, we would have had a problem, but we <laughs> we, we we avoided that. But uh, well, if my thoughts are ever public, we're in deep. Shit. <sighs> Like well, when they you, say I, God knows your every thought, I'm like, oh, Lord. Well, I told you I was in the University of Kentucky 
press box for baseball when a, a the radio guy was taken off air in the middle of a game because he thought he had muted the mic in between innings, but I guess they didn't go to commercial or you could talk over the commercials or whatever, and he was talking all sorts of shit about players and all sorts no. of stuff. In like the top of between the seventh inning, like in the stretch time, you come back for the eighth, and some other dudes like, "Well, I'm John Doe, and we're back with you, you know, wherever." And it's like, "Oh, that's ball not... one." Yeah, yeah, you do that, and then it's Tulane a couple of years ago. the The radio guy would get so pissed off at, at the team he was he was covering that between innings he would come in the press box and shoot out the players, and then go back in the box and, and continue the radio thing. And I'm like, "You guys are nuts!" Like I. I <laughs> but they had beer in the press box, and it was easy. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. So it's, it's, you, you couldn't see the field. That was a, that's, a, that's one problem at Tulane. You would think that seeing the playing field from the press box would be somewhat of a priority, but not really. You, you, you sat here and watched it on a television against the wall. and Oh, God. Pretty much for half the game, I'm going, why am I here? And just yeah. you're, you're having a debate in your head. But I could have waited three hours and then come to the park. You could go down to... You could go down to like the lower level, like with the beer garden thing, and just sit and like sit there and get a beer and kind of hang out because it wasn't like I needed the press box. So it'd be far more pleasant. It would, yeah. I don't know that I've done that. Avery says, "Have you ever thought about? Have you ever hung up the thought you hung up the phone and didn't?" I don't know that I've ever made that mistake. I've almost made it. Have you really? Yeah. And then said something poorly about the person you were talking to. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's one I have uh, I have done. But anyway, uh, all right. Let's see, we're talking Pres- about Presley uh, says yes. It never ends well. well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, John Rice Plumley. I guess we'll start there. I don't know what else is going on. Um, oh, there's a lot going on. Well, but that's true. We should probably start there. Ole Miss was not hurt in the draft yesterday, by the way. I'm not even sure anybody was drafted. They weren't, actually. Well, yeah, no, there weren't. Other than Doug, which we talked about Broadway. on the show. Oh, Broadway was, too. Went to the White Sox. Yeah, I was thinking about returning players. But yeah, nonetheless, yeah. Uh, happy for Taylor. Guy that, yeah, sure, uh, sure. We'll get a chance. Throws. He's ticked up his velocity. He's, he's Ole Miss's main player that's really taken advantage of track man and the analytics that are available to college teams now he's kind of one of the lighthouse guys for what that means and what you can do because he when when Ole Miss took advantage of that Wake, Wake Forest pitching lab they do it every year but especially prior to 2020 is kind of when he made that jump because they don't just even look at how pitches interact from an from an analytical standpoint but it's literally about tunneling and having the same release points and how your pitches combine together to form one profile and, and Taylor has has really improved that. He's done so many different things. I mean, it's what Mike Bianco talked about at the end of the year was that, yeah, he's a closer, but what makes him so dominant is if something's not working, he's just got something else. He's like a starter in that way that, you know, you don't you don't have many closers that can throw change-ups, but he, he can throw change-ups effectively. It's an above-average pitch. He can throw multiple breaking balls. He's got a fastball. He's got so many things where the one-trick pony, if that one thing doesn't work, you're just done for the day. He can find ways to get you out multiple times through the order. That's a good organization to go to, too, the White Sox. And I suspect, I don't know this, and if you tell me immediately that I'm wrong, I'll say, oh, a little surprised. But, so I'm not. this is not insight, but I'm guessing, just based on the way the White Sox do things, mm-hmm. that he'll definitely start as a starter. Really? And they'll go from there. Because he's got enough of an arsenal. That they'll give it a shot. they might say, hey, let's see if you can start. Yeah. Because no reason in ruling it out until you rule it out. Yeah, I mean, sure. You can always go to the back end. 
or middle relief or whatever it is they want him to uh, to do. Chris, what are we talking about? What was what was Corral disrespect in the media? What's happened? Yeah, I don't know. Because this that. week's been pretty good for Corral. I mean, the the Athletic had him one of the top three quarterbacks off the board in the twenty twenty two draft. Um, yeah, that's pretty high praise, along with Spencer Rattler and uh, Sam Howell from North Carolina. So, look, I know Howell's good. I'm not I'm not saying that he's not good, but I've never watched Howell and thought that dude's that dude's automatic. That guy's an NFL block. Like, I know he's going to play in the league. Don't get me wrong, but I've never looked at him and said, that's a franchise quarterback. Is any of that because he wears a Carolina uniform? Certainly possible, yeah. But, you know, like, I've watched Rattler, and there have been times that I've thought, ooh, I don't know. And there's times that I've watched him and thought, that guy is the deal, which is kind of what I think about Corral. There have been games that I've watched. You know, I've been high on Corral for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like Jeffrey, every once in a while, will give me credit for that. Like, guy, yeah, you you've been pretty consistent on this. Matt's got a terrific arm. Now, there's some times, obviously, Arkansas, LSU, and we've seen that where you can't do that in the NFL. They'll they'll throw you off the nearest tall building. Sure. But like sometimes I watch Matt play, and I think that guy could be a star in the NFL. I'm not sure I've ever thought that about Howell, which means absolutely nothing because I'm just me. Sure. But I'm just telling you what I think. Which, again, means nothing. How realistic, I mean, because Matt says this in the thread, and that you hear it a ton, Trubisky 2.0, some of that's the team he plays for. A lot. But there is a, yeah. there, there's a weird little profile there that nobody really You see what I mean? Yeah, it's like, and I don't think with me it's a whole lot of the North Carolina thing because I don't typically do that a lot. Yeah. Like, look, I, I have a lot of weaknesses, but one of my strengths is that I know my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I don't really think I do that. I don't think, oh, well, he's the quarterback at Florida State, so he's going to be like every other quarterback at Florida State because that's insane. Like, we cover, I've covered Ole Miss for 13 years just because, I mean, we would never say, oh, well, you know, uh, Matt Corral is going to be a lot like Jevin Sneed and a lot like Bo Wallace because they wear the same uniform. That's dumb. I know better than that. They're completely different people. So that, that happens at North Carolina and every other place. Just because Mitch Trubisky was once the quarterback at North Carolina doesn't mean that Sam Howell, who's now the quarterback at North Carolina, is going to be the next Trubisky. But I don't know that I've ever watched him and thought, man, you get that guy in the right NFL system and look out. I think he's good, sure, certainly talented, and I can see why NFL people really like him. I think it's a big year for – I mean, I, I keep coming back to this. I'll probably write it on Sunday again. This is such a big year for Matt Corral, obviously, duh. But, like, I think Matt can work his way into the top ten picks in the draft. Well, I think that's very doable. He's when got some Baker Mayfield in When you're one of the top him. quarterbacks, you're one of the top picks. He's and got you some. have so many opportunities to play your way into those spots. I mean, Matt Corral, over and over and over again, is going to get the ability to get jump into that Sure. Tier. The competition he plays, being I mean, being as out there as he is in every way than the SEC. I mean Yeah, and I think people label him a little bit because he was, you know I know this is gonna shock you that I think this. Media are lazy. Especially national media. Not all, like not Andy Staples, for example. There there are there are exceptions. Mm-hmm. But national media, they lock into a narrative and man, it will not change. And because Matt Corral, in his first college game of significance, lost his mind and got into a fist fight in the in the uh, end zone against Mississippi State, 
he gets the reputation of, oh, he's this out-of-control hothead. That's Matt Corral. Well, that day, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, dude's just well, out there maybe swinging. Maybe even that part in his part, part of his life, but it can end. Well, People you, grow up. People and, mature. That's, and that's my point. And so, but the media have a tendency to lock into, yeah. oh, and he lost his job to John Rice Plumley, which is so, so complicated. I was doing a show yesterday talking about how we were talking about the Elijah Moore, you know, urination penalty. Okay. And how many things changed, like and how it impacted Matt Corral in so many ways. But Matt's been through a lot, so it stands to reason that he's matured a little bit or a lot bit. Like to me, when I listen to him and when we, you know, on Zoom calls now, but we'll get to talk to him in person probably as early as next week. He doesn't seem like the same kid from earlier. But like Campbell in my house right now is a completely different kid than she was the first day that we dropped her off at the University of Arkansas, which is sort of the point of college. You know, you grow up a little, you mature a little, you become a little more independent, you learn from mistakes and such. I mean, I think that's the case with Matt. I just think Matt's got a chance to really play his way high into the draft. Kind of speaking of that, it's a pretty good segue. We're talking about um, John Rice Plumley summer workouts, doing a lot of work as a uh, wide receiver, catching footballs from Corral and other quarterbacks here on campus during these uh, voluntary workouts that everybody does during uh, during the off season, if you will. Obviously, we saw a little bit of Plumley there at the end of the year, especially the Outback Bowl. Um, had a couple big catches in that one as they uh, knocked off uh, knocked off Indiana in that game. Because what you see in that for a couple times is, is, is you know, there's a couple of clues there. It's you got Plumley in the slot, something we feel like we're going to see to some extent this season, and then it we keep talking about it. It feels like maybe Ole Miss and maybe Plumley feels to some extent, maybe Quay Davis does. I don't know where it comes from. You know, they need one more offensive guy to step up in some way from a yeah. pass catching role. Is it that Ely comes out? Does he do multiple things? I don't know. I mean, Kiffin's really good at that. That's kind of what his name is built on. Is sure, getting his best players in space, but. We saw a lot of that in the Outback Bowl. I mean, Kenny Boa didn't play. Elijah Moore didn't play. They did play that game with essentially the personnel that they go into 2022. Braylon Sanders with. didn't play in that that's game. That's right. So, actually, they were below what they typically would have yeah. in a 2021 game. And it wasn't perfect, but it was pretty good. Matt played pretty well that day. Oh, I thought Matt was really good that yeah. day. They did different things that day. Yeah. They, they used a lot of Snoop Connor. Yeah. They only scored Wait, 26 Jerry points. Jerry Neely didn't but, play in that game. That's right. Yeah. So he had just a, in, in a lot of ways that game. He had a skeleton crew out there a little bit. That game was the the, the poster child for boy Lebby and Kiffin when they are backed against the wall that can figure things out. They didn't have Elijah, Kenny, Jerrion, or Braylon. That's that's some firepower. A lot of dudes gone. A lot of a lot of dudes that were yeah like. Well, I mean, at the beginning of the season, before the Florida game, if you'd said, hey, I was wondering if you guys could sort of list your offensive weapons in order of preference. It's all those dudes in it's order. It's probably those four guys or yeah. the top four guys in some order. It would have been Elijah and then probably Kenny and then probably Jerrion and then Braylon fourth. Braylon, yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah, depending on where you want to move Jerrion in the in the list. Yeah. Sure. Now, look, they John Rice Plumley and Casey Kelly had really big catches in that football game. Yeah. John Rice Plumley and Casey Kelly. Mingo had a if I if I recall correctly, Mingo had a decent game. And Drummond was good early. Yeah. Kind of let him set and, the tone a little bit. Drummond's a guy that could step up this year. Mm-hmm. 
Because, you know, that was his – wasn't that his JUCO year? It was, yeah. And typically JUCO guys in year one – Always takes a minute. Nah. And then in year two, the good ones are really good in year two. Not across the board, but typically. I mean, there are guys that walk in in day one, JUCOs, they're awesome. But it's not, it's not standard. There's usually a one-year acclimation period because JUCO to SEC is – Especially the straight JUCO. It's not the guy who was somewhere and then comes to a JUCO, right. then goes back. That's a whole different right. animal too. Then. But, but the guy who went from high school to JUCO to yeah. D1, the jump from JUCO to D1 is eh, – In every way. It's going from jumping on the little five-foot board, you know, yeah. to going up to like the big platform thing. Probably not getting hurt on that five-foot board, but you jump wrong on the platform thing, and you can get hurt. Speaking of, did you see DK with his box jumps with the weights the other day? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, that was, it that was, was a reminder. A reminder that we're just not all made the same. We all have the same parts. <laughs> we do have the same parts. We put our pants on one leg at a time just like DK does. I don't even know that he puts his pants on one leg at a time. I mean, that might be something I would ask him. When you put your pants on, how do you do it? <laughs> He probably look at you like you were insane. Yeah, because he's like in on the joke. DK laughs about every bit of this yeah. at this point. I mean, but my God, though. I mean, we're not talking about just like a box jump when you go to like the local CrossFit class. I mean, we're talking. But if you found out that DK Metcalf did not put his pants on one leg at a time, would you be surprised? You shrug and go about your day. Yeah, you got okay. I get it. I get it. I probably wouldn't either if I were him. <laughs> I'm not sure if I look like him, I'd wear pants. I might just walk around. What was it? Was it the... <laughs> This is what happens. I, was that the? It was the Manning camp that time when he was like going into his junior or sophomore year or whatever. And yeah. That picture came out, and he's like, he's like shirtless and has like these little shorts that are like three inches long. And you go, yeah, okay, I, well, yeah. I would too. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. What's the least I have to wear to not get arrested? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's. I mean, I know it's an old Miss topic and whatever because he played here and he's from here and all whatnot, but it's so easy to appreciate him because of his ability to kind of make fun of himself while promoting himself at sure. the same time. I mean, running in the 100 meters, something that he had no prayer of winning. There was no way he was going to beat elite sprinters in the in, in, in that kind of race. But he, was in, he was in it for 60 meters. He was. He hung around for a minute. <laughs> I mean, like it's the best sprinters in the world. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, I mean, literally. That's what they do. Cause the all the best Because that's kind of what all the sprinters did. They go in, hey, look, he has no shot. But that's kind of cool. All right. Yeah, like, sure, respect of course. You for... In the same token, they're not out there trying to cover him. But, and, you know, and... to your point, he knew he wasn't going to win. Yeah, He no. knew he probably was going to finish last. Yeah. And still did it. Did he finish last? I think did so. Did he? There at the end, everybody kind of yeah. came by him. I mean, he's never trained for that. That's not no, his No, no, no. I mean, they just... Dropped him out and there he and said, go. 40 pounds more than all those dudes, probably. At least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. And those guys don't get hit every Sunday. Well, no, that's my point. I mean. I mean they're, they're pretty careful to not get hit. Yeah, that is the point. Yeah, which yeah. is smart on their part, by the way. Yeah. So. Certainly not a criticism. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how we got there. We'll continue this conversation in a second. Who do you think yeah. would win? We're going to, we'll yeah. talk about this on the other side. Who do you, he, Tyreek Hill and he are kind of going back and forth. Who do you think would win that foot race? Tyreek can run a little bit himself. It, I think Tyreek <laughs> is so much smaller. I have yeah. to feel like Tyreek wins, right? I mean, I mean, I hate counting DK out on. That's what I was getting ready to right say. Right I, I mean, mean, I mean, I'm not counting him out on much. 
But I guess how far are we running? Well, that would be the question, right? Are they running a hundred yards? Because the longer it goes, the more I like Tyreek. Actually, as weird as that sounds, because you would almost go the other way because of his quickness. But yeah, I feel like DK has a much better chance in a forty or a fifty than he does a one hundred or a two hundred or a four hundred. It's a lot of weight to carry over, like a two hundred or something. Let's see the weight. Is he two forty? Is that what he is? Is that we're saying? Um, Yeah, probably. I mean, it's good weight though. He's all right. God, can you imagine hitting that as a safety? That guy at something approaching full speed. Six four two thirty. Six four two thirty. I mean, he's your deep threat. Runs by you. I know. So I've been you, on the field for NFL games before. I can say this. It is the speed. The speed and the power. Yeah. I'll, it was a Saints game in Tampa, and I was down on the field for the better part of the fourth quarter, and it was like watching a train. Just over and over Trains and over crash, again. yes. Yeah. Where I remember thinking, I don't know how these guys function tomorrow. And I don't mean like get up and go to practice. I mean, I don't know how they get up and make it to the restroom. Like, I don't know how they get up and put their pants on. Well, it's a related thing, but we always talk about, oh, it's so hard to hit a fastball. It's so hard to play golf in an elite level. Whatever sport we're talking about. And we always say there's so few people that can do it. But the NFL quarterback throwing through the windows they throw through because it requires the precision and the speed on the ball. Yep. It's potentially – a top two most impressive thing in the sport, along with hitting pitchers. The throw that um, – the one that always comes to mind was – it's funny that, that you, you talk about – I don't know why I'm thinking about this. It just, it just crossed my mind because I think I watched the game the other day. It was on the NFL Network. And when I say other day, it might have been a month ago. I'm, I'm getting old. But it was the second Eli Manning Super Bowl. It wasn't the Tyree game, mm-hmm. which was more – Eli threw it up and yeah, went here, go for it. was a prayer. But it was the one to, uh, was it Manningham? I think it was Manningham. That's what I was Down the sideline, and he drops it in. Literally, yeah. I mean. The, 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 Over and under coverage. The window and, was the size of the ball. Yeah. And it was a hell of a catch and great footwork on the sideline. But that, was, that remains the most incredible throw I've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah. With the possible exception, believe it or not, of the Mahomes couple of throws in this past Super Bowl where he lost. And when you listen to the – Buck sideline mic'd up. They're like, that dude is a magician. Yeah, but when you're on the field, especially from an, an NFL game, especially from an end zone view of seeing what crosses in front of you and the ability to throw balls through windows in the middle of the field, there's no window. There, there, there's nowhere to throw the stupid thing. No, because the and, windows are moving so fast. Yeah, I, the, you put an average person in, and unless it's like a fullback flare out or something, they would never complete a pass because we can't throw the ball hard enough to get it through those right. windows. Even if a dude's open, I can't get it there before somebody else closes in on it. So, well, you have to be so prepared because you have to be thinking in your mind. You're you're anticipating where my window's going to be. Yeah, not where it is. No, where it's going to be, and how long I'm going to have to give it get it there. Yeah, and what I've got to put on the ball, what I've got to take off the ball, and not get my receiver killed. Yeah, because the receiver has a contract. Yeah. Hit a couple of these questions after the break in a second. First, I'll tell you about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing, a float-down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704. 
or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. We're also brought to you by Automation and Control Systems, LLC. They're owned and operated by Clay McNutt, Baldwin, Mississippi. Established in 2013, ACS is a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation recognized system integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and so much more. To get more information, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Time, if you're thinking about the fall, and we obviously are, we're talking about football and stuff like that, youth flag football, that season right around the corner with the Oxford Park Commission. They've added two new age groups to their flag football lineup for the fall. Leagues are open for kids ages 6 to 14. The cost is $50 per player. The registration begins began on Monday. So uh, you can get in touch with them at OxfordParkCommission.com. While you're there, check on the fall baseball schedule. That's, that's out now. Registration's open. And you can also check on um, fall softball for the first time at Oxford Park Commission. We're also brought to you by Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate based out of Jackson, Mississippi. They uh, service the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox and B.B. Mitchell are Ole Miss graduates. They utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. This week's property spotlight is on the Village at Madison. The Village at Madison will feature roughly 60,000 square feet of restaurant, retail, and professional office space, along with roughly 75 zero-lot line residence, residences with Pinpoint handling the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. The development is located on the corner of Madison Parkway and Main Street in Madison. Cobblestone streets, iron railings, and gas lighting will serve as signature elements of the development. Uh, Half Shell Oyster House was the first business to open at the Village. If you'd like to learn more about Joining them, you can do uh, you can do that. Get in touch with Sam and BB at 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the, makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. Blues uh, baseball season is wrapped up. You may not find yourself in Oxford for a couple months, but that's no reason to delay your Blue Delta jeans using Blue Delta's virtual tailor at bluedeltajeans.com. You can be measured and design your newest jeans in just a couple of minutes, and Blue Delta will make sure that you're looking good for the first kick of football season in September. Podcast listeners can redeem 10% off of your purchase by using the code REBELGROVE. That's one word, REBELGROVE, all lowercase, at uh, checkout at bluedeltajeans.com or in the Oxford studio. It's a great time of year to get a pair of Blue Delta's cotton genos, so don't miss out. So asking the thing here, um, how long um, how much of a head start will we need to beat DK in a 100 meters race? DK ran it in about in 100 ele- meters? Yeah, he ran it in about, about 11 meters. seconds. Huh? About 80 meters. That's not 80, but it, it's it's more than we think, though, because I was doing some math here, and I mean, there's plenty of runners out here. Neil and I all have a decent idea what these speeds are. To run a 20-second 20 se- 20 100 meters, which means you would need a 50-yard head start to okay. be DK, give or take. Okay. You'd have to average 11 miles per hour. I'm, I'm telling you, I would need... And that... that I'm going to need... 11 seven, is a sprint. I'm going to need 70 meters. Like, I... 
I've never timed it. I assume I can get to 11 miles an hour. You could get to 11. But, but I, I couldn't hold it for 100 meters. You'd have to. No, 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 no. No way in the world. But it would take you a few seconds to get to 11 sec, sure. Eleven miles per hour. So you think we really would need like 65, 70 yards? Yeah. Well, like, okay, I got up this morning and I did this interval run. But here's the But okay, no, no, no. no. But we're not. But we are up to speed because we're getting a head start. Yeah, no, but you're still starting at zero. You're not starting at 11 miles per hour. But you're missing my point. Are we, no, these are two different. No, 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 no. These are two different numbers. Are we literally figuring out where almost, like, if we say we need a 70-yard head start, yeah. we're not running 30 yards where he's running 100 head start. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're still running the full 100. Oh, 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 I see what you you're saying. You understand what I'm saying. So I would have time to get up to my speed. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're just getting wherever. Because I could slowly accelerate to my spot, and by that point, I'm I'm at my speed. Yes. And I think my top speed would be, I mean, on a treadmill, after about 12 and a half miles an hour, I'm not very comfortable. Well, yeah, of course. So I think at, I think I could get comfortably to 10 miles per hour. Yeah, which is a 21-ish, 100. Yeah. Which means it's taking us twice as long as it takes him. Yeah. That's what it means. I'd In need, only 100 meters. I would need 60 meters to even have a shot. And I think how you would do it to be the most fair was is that essentially, yeah, that's that's probably about right. However, we're doing this 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 competition here, because yeah, look, I mean, one of the most. I mean, I know. It got I don't want to race DK. I want to make that clear, in case anyone's thinking that. I don't want to do that. Well, I know, Grind. I, we have to set it up to make me win by giving me a hell of a head start. Yeah, there's no. I mean, if you want to give me the head start, give me like ninety meters. I think I can hold him off. If I start with ten meters left and he has a hundred left, I feel confident that I can win the race. After that, I'm, my confidence yeah, I mean, he, level gets again, deteriorated. He did run Buda Baker down from a five-yard lack of a head start. Yes, and I wouldn't want to race Buda Baker either. He's pretty quick. Yes. Like he, he's one of the faster dudes in the league. <laughs> I mean, so, I don't know. I mean, DK's a freak. DK's probably in town. We can probably set this up at some point. Yeah. He'd be happy. Such though. a nice guy. I mean, we embarrass ourselves all the time. Like, we, we we missed 19 of 20 extra points one time. Yeah. 19 of 20. Yeah. I did hit two in practice. I was actually two of four in practice and then missed nine of ten when the thing started. My, I mean, we My had, foot hurt for a week. We had the soccer thing where we were all completely unathletic and embarrassing. Um, the well, penalty kicks. I deal with that all the time. Yeah. Uh, my point being, I wouldn't want to be on film running like that. No. Like, you look like you look like Darren Ravel when he was at, when he tries. To no, look I'd look better than that. Well, we'd all look better than that. Good, good, good yeah, point. Yeah, I would look far more athletic than Darren Ravel. In fact, I would love to race Darren Ravel. Yeah, what was his forty time? It was like something was like, really, really bad. Like nine seconds or something. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean that 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 defies logic. He has run a marathon though. Okay. Yeah, that's not overly athletic so have I. per se. I mean, it is, but it's not. No. It's mental and physical. I've, I've run a marathon. It was not about athleticism. You didn't have your shoes gold-plated like he did once he ran his. No. Yeah, he was proud of that. He had his gold-plated. That's ridiculous. 
I mean, I'm not minimizing the accomplishment of running a marathon. No, it's a hell of an accomplishment. It is it's an accomplishment. It's just not an elite it, athletic accomplishment. No, not at all. It's it's a it's it's mental. It's endurance. It's stamina. It's mental. It's, it's consistency. It's training. Yeah. Running a marathon is a training reward. That yes. I spent the time and effort to make my life about this to yes. some extent. Really, for six months. I made I made my training regiment the most important thing in my life basically where you plan your day every day around your training for six months yeah and then the the race is the reward yeah because the race like when i ran in chicago i'd noticed all the people and it was if you're prepared the race is not no it was kind of you out i was i laughed like we went through different areas of town and different people had different kinds of music and um stuff like that so it was entertaining but like the the challenging part of marathon training is I'll give you an example. I covered Ole Miss Vanderbilt in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was before the second one I did. Okay. And it, that Sunday was the day I had to do a 20-mile run. And I went downstairs to the hotel and ran almost three hours on a treadmill. You ran the 20 on a treadmill? Yep. Because I didn't know where I was going in Nashville to run it. The mental I needed to run. struggle with that. Oh, and I was... Oh, my God. And then I had to go up, take a shower, get dressed, drive home, do 10 thoughts, all that stuff. Yeah, that whole day I was like, what am I doing? Why, why am I – this is so stupid. Why am I doing this? So that's all that marathon is. But marathon's not about athleticism. I mean, unless you're trying to win the marathon, at which point it, you probably need to be like built like one of the that's Kenyans not, or something. That, that, that yeah. Because those cats, I mean, I, I, there's no amount of we training. We could not train – No. Nothing. No, there's no amount of training that I could do that would allow me to compete with them. No, not no chance. Because <laughs> they don't even run the same way I, I run. And no, I'm not being anything. I just they just they they just glide through the it's, air. It was, it's the DK argument. We'll stop and do something else in a second. It, it's it's the DK argument. Is we'll you and I both we run distance races where we get to a certain distance and go, my God, they're done. Like, wherever we are, and you go, they're finished. And, like, there's a certain, like... Well, I know it's cliche. But, like, even in a 10K, they're done at, like, 26 minutes. I mean, it... it, it, Well, the funniest part was... So, I ran that... It's the first time... And I know it's cliche, and you hear it, but it was still funny. I remember how it made me laugh. I was right about the halfway point, and someone said, Hey, hurry, the Kenyans are drinking your beer. (laughs) But they were done. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, it was just funny because they're finished and I'm halfway done. Yeah, I, I'm not going to read that out loud, but that is quite funny there. Uh, who said that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I think, I think it was, I think it was a, it, it was a 10K that the, 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 the winner was an Ole Miss run, former runner. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was like 26 minutes or something yeah, like that. And you're going like, okay, I was like, I can't run the 5K that quickly. No. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, I a twenty-six know. minute five k for me would be like, oh, I mean, I'd be thrilled. Oh God! But a ten k, come on. Yeah, ten k. That's like, hey, I'm out of the gate running five minute miles, just cruising. I mean, yeah, that's what yeah. you're doing. Except you're doing better than that. I mean, that's for me a, a dead six sp- times five is thirty. It's a dead sprint. Yeah, it's it's dudes running. Like four 
425, 430 miles, 435 miles, something like that. <laughs> Grind says you're not going to outrun people who chase gazelles with spears for fun. <laughs> they just, they, 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 those guys, those elite marathon runners, and you see them when you run like Chicago or, or uh, even Grandma's Marathon because it's so flat that a lot of people would time go up there. Yeah. yeah, they go up there to like set records. Um, Is that a qualifier? Yeah. Does that count as a qualifier? Yeah. Okay. And so you'd see like the elite guy, the elite people at the front. <laughs> and you, it just it's totally different deal. Like we're not really having the same competition here. You, we're 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 all here together, but we're not here together. Yeah, we all get the same medal at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's I true. get one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We even do that in these little local yokel marathons. I mean, even like a half or the the the, the eight miler in here, the Chucky Mullins thing, yeah. or the ten miler in Batesville. You'll see the people that get up toward the front, and you're like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all. y'all have that. And as soon as that whistle goes, they're gone, and it's over. And you're like, holy, hell. I okay. loved. The- I was like, I'm on my little trot. <laughs> what you see at every marathon too, and this the it might be this is the mean part of me coming. No, out. I know where you're going. You know where I'm going because yeah. you you love it. Is the cat that so you they put you in stalls stalls yeah. like you say okay I'm I think I'm going to run a four hour marathon yeah and sure. so whatever that mile per minute oh, the is. streaming stopped hold on there yep I got excellent condition are we still okay yeah I'm gonna hit go live just to make sure we're good we're good okay the the no we. So we stayed in excellent condition. The just the video in front of it stopped. I think like, okay. I think we were okay. Are we okay now? Yeah, I mean we're okay. Just remember, it's thirty six minutes when you do the edit. Okay, that's fine. I'm gonna test here. Make sure the stream's still going. People talk to us. We good? Those in the live stream, we we here. I know it'll take 30 seconds for anybody to actually see what I'm saying right now, but nonetheless. Nobody's saying we're gone. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay. You 210 Reb says Roger, so okay. Okay. All right. Anyway. Yeah. What was I saying? You were making fun of the people who started oh. on the wrong stall. <laughs> so those cats at the very beginning, yeah, you're in the four-hour stall, and for whatever reason, they have decided, okay, I'm going to sprint to the front. Okay. And you watch him go, and you're like, okay, about five miles from I'll now. I'll see you in a minute. I'm going to see you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and about 45 minutes later, you pass them, and they're dead. They're done. So the answer is that, and I promise we're going moving on. The answer is to just get in the correct stall that you should be in. But would you rather be one high or one low if you had to be off? Uh, I'd probably rather be one high because you can let, get let some of the people that are little, that run a little faster than me go ahead and go. Okay, where I'm not having to chase through people because yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're chasing through people, they're running in groups because like they've trained together oh, and true. now they're going to run together the a stuff. team of ten people and they have this wall basically set up and they're running yeah. so, slower than you. Yeah, it's the equivalent of on the road the two eighteen wheelers that just drive beside one another and there's really not much. It's a you great can do. analogy. You, you, you've got to yeah. find a way to. Yeah, get around them and yeah. So you rather and they're probably going to pass you later. You'd rather so. work your way into some clear. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, all right, we'll get back on sports. What's the sport? But we'll get back on some <laughs> other sports here in a uh, in it's a minute. It's just an unathletic sport. Yeah, sure. Uh, podcast brought to you in part by Tyson Drugs and G and M Pharmacy. G and M 
there on South Lamar and Oxford. Tyson Drugs on the Square in Holly Springs. They take care of you with your local pharmacy. and You continue to use them. Don't change a thing if you're a school or state employee that has a prescription benefit manager called CVS Caremark. CVS is not the pharmacy. It's something else. You don't have to worry about it. Just keep doing it. Getting all the great services you get through G&M and Tyson Drugs with no change whatsoever. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they've got plenty of different options for you to take care of you with your local hometown pharmacy. So to find out more, 662-236-2222. We're also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry in Oxford. It's at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century, basically. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, children's jewelry, collectibles, so much more. They're the gold standard in fine jewelry. LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We're also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air. It's the name you can trust with more than 50 years of HVAC experience in Oxford, Tupelo, and the surrounding areas. Uh, Get in touch with them. Make sure that air conditioning unit's in tip-top shape, and if you need something, Something goes wrong, 662-801-1777 for all the people there at Comer Heating and Air. Also brought to you by the College Corner, your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. Uh, You can also go to collegecorner.com, collegecornerstore.com, I should say, or you can visit them on Facebook and Instagram. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle, Pinnacle Trust. Uh, that's home to the uh, Pinnacle 401k advisory services team that, where they can conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Mention that you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the Oxford Exxon podcast, and uh, they'll take a little extra care of you there at Pinnacle. And we're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Had someone asking uh, on the board at rebelgrove.com just earlier today about a honeymoon and wanted to go someplace where... Um, wouldn't have to wear a mask and would, all, stuff like that. And uh, that's where John Edwards is terrific. He knows all that stuff. So rather than you uh, rack your brain searching it all day long, just tell John, hey, here are the parameters. This is my budget. This is what I want to do. This is my time frame. And then sit back. He'll come up with all sorts of options that you're probably not going to find on your own. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, jedwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. So back to the um, topic at hand, just trying to close it up. What do you kind of expect from from Plumlee, at least early? Um, Well, it's a good question because I don't know, like, how how quickly does he acclimate to getting releases do they use him as a traditional receiver? Do they use him as a motion guy to almost as another another back? What kind of route running skills does he have? How much of that can be refined over the course of a summer? You know he's an exceptional athlete. You know he's a smart guy. Um, I think being a former quarterback does help him look at coverages and, and have an idea of what's happening. Sure. Um, I think he can be a resource for Matt Corral. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I also yeah, think what's going on out there. Yeah, I also think that you know we talked about this a lot last year, and it's it's the psychological part of this, but I, but I think there's a lot of validity to it. For this to work, and I think Lane talked about this at one point. I don't want to be the one that takes credit for it because I think Lane actually said it at one point. For this to work, he's got to be bought in. And last year, John Rice was not ready to give up mm, quarterback being a quarterback. Yeah, sure. I don't have a problem with that. I never had a problem with that. 
I didn't think he was the best quarterback, but I understood, hey, I want to be a quarterback. Well, he wasn't going to be the quarterback. And I think Lane told him that. I think Jeff Levy told him that. You're not going to be the quarterback. Not here. We're going to run an offense that you don't really fit as a quarterback. And I think they gave him the space to reach that conclusion on his own. And it took a season. I don't think John Rice really gets enough credit for stepping up in that Outback Bowl situation with, with, when Ely was out, Sanders was out, Yaboa and, and Elijah had already opted out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he didn't have to do that. He could have said, hey, I don't, I don't have enough time to get ready to do this. I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I don't think Lane would have, quote, made him. No, there's, you can't make him. Right. That's the thing. You cannot make him. So I, I think that um, it, it just took a little while. So it sounds like he's bought in. And, uh, you know, from my experience of covering John Rice Plumley, when he puts his mind to doing something, he's pretty successful most of the time. But again, I mean, you know, there there are adjustments, and it's not as simple as, hey, line up and run a post pattern. I mean, there are some releases, and there are some techniques and things that he's going to have to learn. And, um, you know, I'm sure for Derek Nix and Jeff Lebby and, and Lane, there's there's going to be a lot, a lot of teaching that has to, to happen. But I've always thought of Plumlee as a pretty good student. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't think the learning curve is going to be too steep. But now the people that expect him to walk in day one, and I know most people aren't this way, but walk in day one and be Wes Welker, okay, well, it's probably not going to happen like that. But he could walk in and be pretty effective. And there was value in doing it for a game, going in and getting, it, getting some of those first things over with back in, oh, in, in December. I don't January, know if we're where we are today had that not happened. Yeah. He had success. Had a couple of big catches in had that game. Had one huge catch. Yeah. You know, where he took a hit. Yeah, and kind of stuck it in him. And, and you know, and, and, and caught the ball. Um, Yeah. Look, he's a hell of an athlete. You give it a shot. Sure. And see what. Oh, I mean, I, I've said all along, this isn't belittling his baseball abilities, but I don't think he's a major league baseball player. No. Um, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. So if you tell me that he's an he's a professional athlete, I think it's likely as a slot receiver. Oh, major league ability. I mean, professional ability, he's 100% doing – going into the thing that has the best chance of giving him a lot of money one day and having a professional career. There's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and, and look, I mean, you're not minimizing it, but I will say – he was incredibly valuable to that baseball team late in the year. Yeah. Frankly, sure, probably deserved to play a little more than he did. Yeah, there, there toward the end. I mean, he was. They frankly were more effective when he was on the field late in the season. And defensively. I just never watched him last season. And again, this is not an insult of him. I mean, yeah, I said this sure. about Casey Opitz and the board earlier today, the yeah, yeah. Arkansas catcher who had a terrific college career. Yeah, I never watched him and thought major league catcher. No, no, no. I never watched uh, John Rice last season and thought that's a major league outfielder. In today's baseball, where it's very power-driven, you know, I mean, if you're going to be a non-power-hitting outfielder in the major leagues, you better be really toolsy. Mm-hmm. Christian Franklin. Yeah. And I don't know that John Rice is that toolsy. Yeah. Run like Billy Hamilton. I mean, like, where it's... Yeah, where you, you're, you're an elite speedster. Yeah. I mean, Billy's stupid. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's why he's still in the major leagues, and he's not... State commit. Doesn't show up. Yeah, he got money, yeah. Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah. Taylorsville, Mississippi. So yeah, I, th- I think. Look, it's it's. No, look, Barrett's got a good point here. He's also got to catch the football. 
there's always been a little yeah. talk about does he really have great hands? What yeah. are his hands like? Well, his hands have got to improve. They got to be good. You cannot yeah. have drops. No. And he did. He dropped some footballs last year. And he's at a competitive position. I mean, JJ Henry's a true freshman, but they really like him. Um, Quay Davis can play inside the slot. They brought Quay in. Uh, I don't know where Jakur Pearson fits in. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows what they do with Jerrion? I, I think they're moving him all over the field. I still think that makes sense. They like Connor and they love Parrish. And they like Bullock. And Cam, I'm, you're, at some point, John Rice Plumley will throw a football from the slot position this year. Yeah, I saw someone make the comparison to Antoine Randall L. And all I'm going to say, not to pick on John Rice, but that Antoine Randall L. was a better college quarterback than John Rice Plumley was going to be. Yeah, he was a hell of a college quarterback. Better arm. Yeah, he throws the ball better. Yeah, yeah Antoine sure. Randall L. was a, le- le- yeah. a legitimate. Now, Plumley can do it better than Treadwell did it. Yes. And we saw that a lot. Well, times. I mean, here's the thing. When he's on the field, you this have to is, at least account. The, the go, defense hey. has to at least think about it. Yeah. Is he going to throw this thing? Yeah. I mean, it's a potential weapon. Sure. And you get your eyes moving in the wrong spot and he's out. It's and that's over. that's what Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy are great at. Mm-hmm. They're moving great at eyes. getting they're great at tricking defensive backs into getting their eyes in the wrong place. Yeah. And with a guy like Plumley, you don't catch up. It's over. It's at over. That point. Sure. And, and it's it, it's done. So It'll be fun. Randall Cobb, at a college level, I don't hate the comparison. I don't want to do a apples-to-apples comparison, but at, at, from a college-level standpoint, I don't hate that comparison. Yeah, I'll play along with that. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. But, I mean, I think your hope is that he can be a Julian Edelman. Yeah, sure. Oh, Wes Welker. I mean, jeez. Yeah. And we're not intentionally naming a bunch of white dudes. Um, but small guys in the slot. Mm-hmm. But now those two guys in particular – have phenomenal hands. They don't drop balls. Yeah. Uh, Neil over here is not going to argue with you, um, Cam, that Parrish does not give you a fall off in the backfield should nah, you decide I mean, to move. I openly by. admit my man crush. <laughs> should, should you want to move Ely around? His yeah. first step, for <clears throat> first step, first cut. Whew. You've been around since 08. I've been around since 06. It's the best overall backfield Ole Miss has had since I've been covering them. Oh, yeah. Without even being close. Because yeah. you like control Bullock. Yeah. I Obviously, think, Snoop was giving them a pretty good bit there late in the yeah. year. Yeah, and Ely's a first-round NFL yeah, draft they're, choice. They're dudes. I mean, Parrish gets a year in a weight room. It's a little stronger. Mm-hmm. Got great balance. He does. It's Oh, yeah. I mean, he he had some runs against LSU that were. And allows you to move Ely wherever you want to move Ely. Sure. So. Uh, so we mentioned it, and I mean, this is however much Neil wants or does not want to talk about it because I'm kind of ignorant on the subject, but Team USA losing again um, in exhibitions prior to the Olympic Games. They lost to Nigeria the other day. 98-87, I believe, was the final there. And then yeah. uh, Australia beats them in Las Vegas last night or today or something. It was last night. 91-83. Um, dating back um, – this is an interesting stat, actually. Dating back to the 2019 World Cup where they finished seventh, Team USA has lost four of its past five games. Um, it's also just lost two in a row um, – now to Australia. Sorry, they've lost Australia twice in a row. A team expected to contend for gold mm-hmm. in, uh, in Japan. Didn't play very well. Had a big lead early. Did not play well late. However, different animal with Australia versus Nigeria. This is all NBA players. Yeah. Had basically the same roster for a long time, too. I saw where... 
Patty Mills has essentially been their point guard for years and years yes. and years as they have. Uh, Joe Ingles forward. is on that team. That's a really good team. They've been together for a long time. Um, so they know each other. There's continuity. The NBA guys don't have that. Uh, there's still some NBA guys that aren't there yet because of the NBA Finals. Middleton, Booker. Yeah, I mean, that's legitimate That's dudes. Yeah. Um, I think there's one more, too. Is it Aiton on that team? I don't know. Okay. No, no idea. Um, and then, look, this isn't the best put-together roster in the world. I mean, I have to be careful saying this because my son's in the house, but Jeremy Grant's on this team. I don't really know what he adds to this unit. You, the the common knock that people who don't watch the NBA, who don't like it and like to rip it, they'll say, "Oh, well, you don't play defense in the NBA." That's not true. But in the NBA, they the officials protect offense in the NBA. You don't get to be as physical as the NBA that we used to watch back in the day. I mean, so it's a ver- it's a different version of defense. Yes, you absolutely defend, but you can't defend physically in the NBA too much without it getting called. Like someone, you know, coming off a screen, they'll they'll call a moving screen on you. They'll, I mean, they'll they'll call they'll call you grabbing on a screen. They'll call touch fouls. They'll call um, they'll let you checks. Oh, hand checks for sure. Well, at the international game, they let a lot of that stuff go. So it's a completely different officiated game. The international game, offense is not as protected as it is the NBA level. And these guys are adjusting to it. And I don't know that this team has enough shooters. I don't know that it has enough playmakers. I mean, outside of Kevin Durant, who's the playmaker on this team? Lillard's second. And and I've never watched Damian and thought he's a – and I love Dame, but I've never thought he was a – a, a, I never thought he was a guy that created a ton of offense for others. He creates it for himself. Sure. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. And then like Draymond Green, there was a day that Draymond Green was an elite defensive player on the international stage. But Draymond Green, like all of us, gets a little older, and it shows now. So I don't know. Now, look, they're going to turn it on a little bit when they get to – Tokyo, and they're going to have those guys. But you would have thought they would have turned it on there for losing. It was embarrassing. I would have thought that they would have played a better defensive game yesterday against Australia than they did. I but mean, Australia's good. Maybe they just – but no, it's amazing. at some point they're just not as good. Well, look, you, uh, basketball overseas is better today than it was 10 years ago. There's better players. Look at the European players that come to the NBA now. They no longer get laughed off the court. Yeah, they're, it's not 92 and 96 good. anymore. No, they're good players. I'm not even talking about Luka and people like that. I'm 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 going beyond that. I mean, look at the kid the Thunder drafted, Alexei Pokusevsky, who's 19 years old and like as, as skinny as that mic stand. And it's kind of one of But he went for 30 something in NBA games several times this year. That there's there's a skill level that they've caught up and a lot of that is attributable to the NBA game where those kids overseas have grown up watching the NBA and emulating those types of players. It kind of speaks to what we've been talking about in general, though. Every sport, to some extent, other than the, than the NFL, is niche. Things that were hugely important are not hugely important. 
this is not even really news. The Team mm-hmm. USA basketball has lost two mm-hmm. straight games. When that would have been like, oh my god! And now some of this is just there's so many freaking channels and there's so many different things going on that you know because look, you can kind of you can kind of man, not manipulate. It's not even fair. You can make things important when you only have a few channels and a few programs sure. that you put those in front of people. But well, look really what the big cares. news was yesterday. The big news was Stephen A. Smith, what he said about Shohei Otani. Yeah, that him not speaking English hurt was hurting Major League Baseball. Was preventing him from being the face of the game. Yeah. And now the bigger problem is baseball just doesn't have a face of the game. Boy, they've got candidates. It's a fun product if you – I mean, Shohei last night, even though he didn't win, the Shohei Otani-Juan Soto thing – so freaking boring. I know. Shohei Otani-Juan Soto home run derby was freaking amazing. It was awesome. I mean, I home run derbies are fun, and those guys. But Soto is this fantastic, charismatic young player. Mm-hmm. He's already won a World Series. He's immensely gifted. He's great looking kid. Yeah, uh, the whole deal. And then he's going up against Otani, who is just a superstar. He's a magnet in every way. For- he's he's fantastic. He doesn't have to speak to be the voice of the game. I mean, look, Stephen A. was wrong. I tell you what I don't like about it is that, but he said what he said. Apologized. But why? Why did Stephen A. Smith have to apologize? He didn't say anything. He didn't. He didn't accuse Shohei Otani of of being a bad human being. Mm. He didn't say all Asians are awful. He gave he an industry opinion. He gave an opinion that, frankly, some other people share. I, I completely disagree. But I, at least, now, I, I get the vein of it. Yeah. I do. Doesn't mean I agree with it, but I just I get the vein of it. But baseball has all these great stories. I like, guess my point is they have a lot of problems on why they don't have a showcase player. It's not because he doesn't speak English. No. Fernando Tatis Jr. speaks English. Mm-hmm. And I, we, we, we sat right behind the Padres dugout in Cincinnati two Thursdays ago. And he's dynamic, man. I mean, everything about him is swag in a good way. And he was up and down signing autographs for the kids and all the stuff. I mean, he's not – He's not standoffish. No, no, he was great. Big, He's great smile. Again, great-looking guy. I mean, the whole deal. I mean, kind of like DK Metcalf, one of those guys. People are like, he's not wearing an undershirt. And I was like, if you looked like that, would you wear an undershirt? Yeah. I'm not sure I'd wear the jersey. But – you have these people, Mancini, Trey Mancini from the, the Orioles, a year and a half ago diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. He's out hitting bombs in a, in the throughout the season and is out there for the All-Star game. I mean, for the, the home run derby. Um, there's a lot of guys that are out there that are fun stories that baseball, for whatever reason, can't tell. And I guess it was not Jason Stark today, but uh, Jeff Passan was on, and he was talking about how we should all be wanting to tell the Shohei Otani story. And baseball doesn't – baseball's got to fix its boredom problem. The game is sometimes just boring. The pitchers are so good. Lots of strikeouts. Everyone's swinging for the fences. The running game is gone from the game. The games take too long. Slow game. It's a slow game. And yet you have all these stars. 
that are amazing. But we're not playing basketball. We're not playing a home run derby. We're playing baseball. And it's three outcomes. Slow. Yeah. And so you have this. You hang st- on and get a home run occasionally, but you get a lot of strikeouts. You have this stage tonight where the starting pitcher for the American League team is also going to be the DH, and he's going to lead off. Yeah. His 33 home runs at the All-Star break. This dynamic young guy who is – everything about him is superstar. He's he's magnetic. I'm setting our thread. The, the L.A. Angels have the two best athletic baseball players of our generation on their team. They have Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle together. And nobody cares. And they're not must-watch television. And that's what's crazy to me, and I know I've talked about this, but I'm not—I'm old, but I'm not that old. When I was a kid growing up in Ruston, Louisiana, okay, so we didn't have a big league team all that close to us. We all knew every player on the Yankees, every player on the Red Sox. I can remember the streets. There were some kids up two streets away from me that were big Red Sox fans. And they would have, uh, what was his name, George Scott. They called him Boomer, I think. They had his name written in chalk on the street all the time. Carlton Fisk. And then people had the Yankee guys. It's just different now. And I don't, I don't know that there's and, – and no, the NBA wasn't big yet. The NBA didn't get big until the 80s. Showtime. Yeah, Magic and Bird. The Angels, by the way, are nine back. Them not being able to win is part of it, but that shouldn't yeah. be the part that it is. Yeah, because well, no, they're I mean, not look, in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, we're well, look, we're close enough in age that we would get. We still got the agate on the Sundays, and when we did our wiffle ball games or whatever in the backyard. We could do the batting stances for fifteen different players, sure. probably at least, sure, something like that. I mean, you would go because we would like stupid your kids, but like you would pick teams, but your your team, your yeah. player. But I'm like, okay, well, I've got. McGuire and I've got Sandberg and I've got whomever uh-huh, sure. from the late eighties and I'm doing this and I can squat and I can do sure. all the different things and you can do them and you go through it and you, all you're doing is looking at home run leaders and batting average and go, Oh, I know that dude. He plays for the Padres. I'll do it. Tony Gwynn, you know, I'm mm-hmm, doing sure. this and oh, that's gone. Yeah. I mean, there was a, I saw a thing yesterday. It was like, you know, on this date and it was the, uh, the big red machine when they had a whole bunch of guys in the all-star game. And I'm like, Oh, I remember all those guys, Pete Rose and Joe Morgan and Tony Perez and, Ken Griffey Sr. It's before you called him Sr. Yeah. Because he was just Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey. (laughs) You know, they had George Foster and all those guys. And I don't know. It's just different now. And, I mean, I I love baseball. But I don't know that kids love baseball like they used to. And it's not the TV game that it used to be. And you and I talked about this the other day. I, I don't know that young people sit and watch games the way that we did. They watch highlights. If anything. Just tell me to score. Yeah. Because highlight shows weren't working for a long time. Too. So I don't know that you can market some of these people. I, it, it's possible that sports have just fundamentally changed. The way that sports are consumed yeah. have just fundamentally changed. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. We, we're running out of time. But I don't know what the fall is going to look like at Vaught-Hemingway, at any place else. There's this widespread assumption among fans that all these college stadiums are going to be jam-packed. And a year after everybody got to experience, hey, so wait a minute, I can get a 70-inch screen. The line to my bathroom is never longer than one person. Mm-hmm. I can go down and get a beer in the commercial or just bring break. bring a cooler and sit it beside the recliner. Or whatever. 
Yeah. Right? I mean, I can post up. And I can flip channels. And if the I can pause the channel. And any restaurant in town, they'll bring that food to my door. Yeah. Yeah, I can do DoorDash. You want ribs? They'll come to me. Or I can light my grill. Yeah, I can sure. do any all these number of things and still see the game. Like you got to get up, you want to go get a beer and you got to run to the restroom. Well, you can hit the pause. And as long as you're not like following along on Twitter for a minute, you can catch up and get right back to it. You don't get all those things in the in the in the in the stadium. No, no. And I don't know I don't know that it's going to be as full as even I think it's going to be. I know I'm arguing with myself right yeah, now. I'm like debating Neil versus Neil, but I think there's this assumption that man, when Austin P rolls in here September the 11th, it's going to be 62,000 people. And then there's a part of me that goes, "No, it's not." I know. No, I have the same thoughts. Podcast brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com. Saturday, July 17th, the end of all music record store day is going on. Um, on the 18th, the Faulkner Conference that is virtual, but you can find out more there at VisitOxfordMS.com for that. And then Friday, July 30th, the OPC, Oxford Park Commission, Movies in the Park, Shrek at Avent Park, 8 o'clock start for that as well, plus um, an event at the Growler this Friday, July 16th from 6 to 9 micro brew and view with lee harper and more so uh join them and find out everything going on again every single day visit oxfordms.com slash events yeah grind brings up brings up a good point the phone never dies when you watch the game at home you also have a good signal when you watch at home just mm-hmm. yeah, a true. big thing uh the podcast also brought to you by grenada nissan it's grenada nissan usa.com grenada nissan just off interstate 55 in grenada mississippi a complete selection of new and previously owned nissan vehicles great lease deals as well i'll have a mailbag up tomorrow at some point it's brought to you by Tom, uh, whitney mcnutt of tommy morgan incorporated realtors whitney serves you for all your real estate needs in oxford and tupelo she sells condos land commercial and residential family homes 662-567-2573 or 662-842 3844. Also brought to you by Alpha Specialties, 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They're your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. It's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got load trails, the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment, dump, and gooseneck trailer being built today. Fully primed and powder-coated. Load trail comes with an industry-leading three-year warranty, two years of roadside assistance. They also have Hallmark cargo trailers. And they have a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They do all types of truck accessories. Uh, You can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at their full service shop. 601-932-9798 or alphaofms.com. We're also brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, Duckhead, and more at The Rogue. Um, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or at therogue.com. And while you're in Jackson, stop by Heron Gear Chevrolet there at 1685 High Street. Get in touch with our pal Joey Erickson. Let him help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevy vehicles or get a great deal on a uh, numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. 662 662- Five seven one two three six seven again sixteen eighty five High Street in Jackson. Oh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> Pelicans and Green working toward a deal. Let's see. Uh, seven eight double headers and runners and extras likely out in twenty 2020 twenty in twenty twenty two. Okay, That's just a one year deal there. 
just kind of scrolling down. Um, I don't like the runner at second base. There are things I don't like. I was I'm kind of with Mike on this, and he was annoyed there wasn't a middle ground. I wouldn't mind it starting in like the thirteenth. Okay. Or do something sure. where you give a couple normal innings and then go to it. I'd be fine with that too. Game. I'd be fine with that. No earlier than the twelfth. Agreed. But twelfth, thirteenth. Let's play in three extra innings That's and fine. and then. Okay. Let's okay. Get the game we've been over. here long enough. Let's well, it's kind of like in soccer. Like eventually we have to kick. Eventually we have to kick. Right. I mean, are you cool with them playing two hundred and fifty minutes? I don't think they would, because at some point people would drop. They'd be tired, and somebody has a breakdown, and a goal yeah. happens. You hate the kicks. I hate the kicks. It would be like in the and NFL Chase, now, overtime hate... being thirty-five yard field goals until somebody misses one. Line up. Yeah, yeah, come on. Like I hate college overtime. Hate it because it's still not. It's not football. It was better than when the NFL was simply who scores first. I hated that too. And I don't even hate college overtime, but let's put it at the let's put it at your own thirty. Both 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 teams get the ball. It's a simple fix. Both teams get the ball. It's a simple fix. You kick the ball, and one team gets the ball. And if they score a touchdown, the other team has to score a touchdown. And after that, the next team to score wins. So you are still fine with giving the advantage to the team that wins the toss, though. Sure, because they're having to score twice. Because you can you could win it. In the overtime, if you're the other team, you could score the touchdown and go for two. Oh. You could you could go, no, no, we're not doing this anymore. Right here. Yeah, we'd rather go for two than give them we're the We're making ball back. this a two-and-a-half-yard game right now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm Coach Johnny Big Balls, and here we go. So you like the NFL structure? Yes. I hate the college structure. The college game, you play the entire game for three-and-a-half, four hours, for God's sake, Kicking and punting and all that stuff. And then, oh, no, here's the ball on the 25. Go. I hate it. And I get fans love it, but I I hate it. I consistently hate it. No, the current NFL setup is better than the current college setup. Yes. College fixed the old NFL problem, but then. Now, I don't like the NFL. The only thing I don't like the NFL one is if you score a touchdown, it's over. Like, I think the other team should get a chance to get the ball. It is all strictly, I think, for these uh, these cash rewards at the end of the season. But uh, if you have any interest in golf, Brooks Kepka was asked today, and he said that he is uh, more than willing to keep talking about Bryce and DeChambeau if anyone would like to ask him <laughs> questions. Kepka was asked again on Tuesday at the Open about their ongoing feud. feud. And the four-time uh-huh. major winner said he's fine keeping it going because Shambo went back on his word about an agreement they had, so now he's, quote, fair game. The differences were highlighted again two months ago in a taped interview of Kepka showing his disgust, blah, 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 blah. Kepka said the deal they made was during a discussion of the 2019 Northern Trust at Liberty National in Jersey. We had a conversation at Liberty, and he didn't hold up his end of the bargain, and I didn't like that. So I'll take my shots. He didn't like that I mentioned his name in slow play, so we had a conversation in the locker room, Kepka said. And then I guess... We said something else in the press conference, but didn't mention his name in it. And he walked up to Kepka's khaki, Ricky, who said, uh, it was, you tell your man if he's got something to say, say it to myself. I thought that was ironic because he went straight to Ricky. Ricky told me when I came out, hit a few putts, and then just walked right over to him. And we had a conversation. We both agreed to leave each other out of it and wouldn't mention each other, just kind of let it die off. Wouldn't mention names, just go about it. But then he decided, I guess, he was going on that little whatever, playing video games online on Twitch. (laughs) <laughs> uh, or whatever, and brought my name up and said a few things. So now it's a fair game. So they basically added some wrestling 
to professional golf. Wrestling is what it really feels like right yeah, now. Yeah. It, it it does. It, it really feels like <laughs> wrestling right now. DeChambeau comes back and says he can say whatever he wants. I think he said something back at Liberty National, not holding up something. I don't know what he's talking about in that regard. Maybe that's on me. Maybe I didn't. I really don't remember anything about that. We just had a conversation, and I really don't know what happened because we weren't even really bantered back and forth until now. So it's like, why is it happening now? Besides that, I'm just here to play golf and focus on that. We want to keep bantering back and forth, obviously being respectful and keeping lines where they aren't getting crossed. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fun and a good environment for people in uh, in golf. All that's left for them to do is to head to the first tee with a robe. With a robe. You know what I mean? Someone like, needs a robe. Say styling and profiling. and They were asked if they're fine playing as teammates in the Ryder Cup in September, and they both said that they would one another in September. Yes, we're, we're making each other money. <laughs> It's not a coincidence that this has come out now once they're giving a $40 million pot to the 10 golfers that move the needle the most in professional golf each year. Oh, no, that's just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, the PGA Tour is taking $40 million and dividing it amongst 10 golfers who, it's not the best golfers, it's golfers that, quote, move the needle sure. on with their play and their well, off. Here's a here's proof. You know me, I'm not a huge golf guy, but if you said name some pros, those would be two of the first names that would come off my tongue. They would. I know them. I know about their feud, quote feud, end quote. And it's funny, and I'm good with it. It's fine. And That's Well, right. and no, it makes it where if... The average, look, the average sports person, I was asked here, not just the golf person goes, hey, you a Kepka or a Shambo guy? Everybody kind of taking their sides, yeah, sure. doing their little thing. But I'm the guy that if on Sunday one of those guys is in it, I'm going to be more apt to watch. Because the guy that in the past would have had me apt to watch is not playing. Hopefully he's doing well and recovering, but he's not playing. Yeah, sure. And so now I'm down to, okay, so is Phil in it? He's not? Okay, well, who is? Yeah. And you might read me a whole bunch of names and tell me these are the best golfers in the world. Okay, but I've not heard of them. Because the 10 dudes out of the, the $40 million pot, DeChambeau and Kepka are probably getting the most money, and then Phil and Rory. And then, I don't know from there, whatever. Yeah, I well, I mean, it. it's to Skip Bayless's point, frankly, as much as I hate doing this because I can't stand him, but, you know, you ask people, hey, tell me NBA player, LeBron. Might mean you hate him, might mean you love him, whatever, but, but you, know, you him. know him. Yeah. And so it's, you know, tell me, and, tell me a Major League Baseball player. It's what Major League Baseball's problem is, tell me a Major League Baseball player. Uh, Shohei? We don't have that problem in the NFL. Tell me an NFL player. Oh, okay, well, I'll name you 20 quarterbacks right now. Mm -hmm. People know who DK Metcalf is. Yeah, sure. DK Metcalf plays on the West Coast, man. Yeah. He does. He's not a quarterback. He's a household name. Mm -hmm. He plays in Seattle. Yeah. With a very pro prominent quarterback. Yeah. And yet he's a superstar. People recognize DK Metcalf. Mm -hmm. That's the power of the NFL. I mean, it's it, it's a testament to DK, certainly. But you get my point. The league where they wear helmets. Well, you don't see their, their face. faces. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you... I mean, I tell you, name the Bengals quarterback, you go, Joe Burrow. Yeah, sure. Name an Indian Ah, uh, Francisco Lindor? No, he's yeah. not there anymore. Yeah, Kluber? No. Oh, 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 oops. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's the point. Yeah. So. 
All right, covered a lot today. Be back with you again tomorrow for another podcast. Sorry about that little blip in the middle, although I think we were okay the whole time. Hopefully you didn't have any kind of pause or anything there. A lot of uh, activity in the live stream. Always enjoy that. So uh, check rebelgrub.com in the meantime. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Stay safe. Have a good day. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.